Grant's just hearing this in our headphones for the first time. Hey, this is Jeff from the uh, Very Serious Hunting Podcast. And this is Grant from the Very Serious Hunting Podcast. Uh, and today we uh, we just loaded up the little intro in our uh, little podcast recorder because we're professional now. Yeah, podcast machine. Yeah, so uh, we I did that and that's the first time that we've actually played it instead of like hooking it on later. Right. So, yeah, Grant had to sit there. We we're just sitting here staring at each other. Uh, today we are uh, <laughs> uh, today's uh, podcast uh, brought to you by King of the Reach, um, the cold water swimming, which I don't recommend, and uh, our giveaway. Our giveaway. We hit five hundred uh, on the Instagram. Right. Uh, we're up over fifty on YouTube. YouTube's, which is pretty cool. Um, but, uh, that steps. is pretty cool, yeah. Um, and so we, we'll just jump right into the giveaway. Uh, we did. We guys know we had a backpack, we had a duck stamp, and then a fifty dollars gift card to Sportsman's. Right. And um, so in in that way, the three of us, Teddy, Grant, and I, um, all donated a little bit to this, and we decided when we hit 500 followers on Instagram, we would do a live giveaway. Right. Um, we we hit it, and we, we went live, call it last week. But... Well, we hit it, but we also hung out for a little bit just to make sure that they weren't bots that were going to get uh, deleted. So we made sure we were well over 500, um, and we were still sitting there, so that's awesome. Yeah. But we just want to make sure that we were at that actual magic number for some arbitrary reason, and... Uh, then we gave some stuff away and it was pretty fun. We did a, a live stream. Yep. Um, and Jeff's youngest little minion drew on, on camera and picked some names. Yeah. And so we gave away the backpack and then we gave away three more duck stamps after the fact. Three more. Yeah. Uh, I think one was actually during, it doesn't matter. Anyway, we sent all those out. Um, thank you everybody for joining us on Instagram. I know that uh, less than 10% of you will hear this because that's the way that works. And my mom doesn't know how to Instagram, so. Yeah. Um, so our if if only we could translate some of those followers to Instagram listens or to podcast listens, we'd be in business. Um, all right. So, yeah, that was great. We, we did the, uh, the giveaway. Yep. So now um, let's talk a little bit about holiday gifts. It is that time. You're hearing this on December 1st or soon after. Hopefully on December 1st. Um, but hopefully you haven't bought all of your gifts yet. We're going to give you some um, some tips of things to buy and some things to avoid. Right. Every year I get the, you know, you're so hard to shop for. And I'm really not. I'm pretty simple. Mostly I just buy what I want because I'm an adult. Yeah. But um, around this time of year, I try and refrain a little bit more. Yeah, me too. And uh, I've learned over the years that if I'm not super specific, the things that I ask for aren't the things that I get. Yeah, and part of that is we have a lot of the $40 items that we want. Right. Um, and that's what people are asking for uh, as that they want to give as gifts, those, those kind of ideas. So here's some ideas uh, that I think are fantastic for any hunter ever. Uh, socks. Yep. Um, I'm a big fan of merino wool. I actually rode my motorcycle down to Jeff's house today to record this in 38 to 40 degree weather. And all I have on were my Costco merino socks. So if you're a Costco person like I am, they sell these merino wool socks. Um, they come up right below your calf. And they're, I just looked online. They're like 23 bucks for six pair. Really? Yeah. I, I, I have like... I don't know, 18 pair of these things because I wear them all winter because of work. Yeah. I'm outside a lot and uh, I wear these all winter long under my waders, everything. Perfect. Yeah. Socks are a big one. Um, uh, the next one I have listed here is a donation uh, and or membership to a conservation organization. Um, yep. That's that's a great one. American Bear Foundation, BHA. CCA. CCA. Um, all sorts of stuff. I, I'm a member of those. Uh, there's also, uh, if you're shopping for a deer hunter, there are more deer hunting organizations than uh, than you can shake a stick at. There's one that they're not a member of. Um, or, you know, just re-up the membership to any of those. Um, Public Land Tees is another one. That ends up yep. almost a donation to conservation as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you get a cool T-shirt. Um, 
a box of shells. But it's very important that you know what your sportsman or sports person shoots. Go take a picture of the box and take that picture to Cabela's or whatever and get the exact one. Not the picture. It'll have a different, they'll have the same picture on the box and it will be different. So make sure that you match all of the numbers and letters. Oh, the biggest one is caliber. Caliber is the um, big one. But and the only reason that we say this is because I can't think of a gun store out there that will let you return ammunition. Yep. So even if you your heart's in the right place and you know that he hunts or she hunts with this specific caliber, make sure it's the exact right one. Take the you can take the actual cartridge box in there if you need to. Yep. Um, just so you're matching the caliber, and then a lot of specific hunters use specific grain weights of bullets, which is or shot size, shot size, or, or a specific shot. Shot. Yeah. You can't um, just get 12 gauge if they're a duck hunter. You got to get non toxic waterfowl shot. Yep. And I, I'm going to say this. Don't go into their ammo cabinet. Go into their backpack. If, right. you, if you go into their backpack, that's the one they took hunting. That's the one they use. Or you could just ask their friends. You could ask their friends. Uh, <laughs> uh, to me, gloves are a wear item. Um, Weather appropriate gloves for the hobby. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you have the right size. Um, well, one of the things that um, Ron and I use, and I saw Teddy using some different ones of these at King of the Reach, which we'll talk about later. Um, they don't have to be camo, especially no. if, if your duck hunter is out there throwing decoys in you know ankle deep water or thigh deep water. Having big gaunt waterproof gauntlets that go halfway up your camo. Matt uses those. Yeah. Those are they're fantastic. Great. So, or the Atlas gloves. I use the Atlas gloves more than anything. And they're like the cottony gloves that look like somebody just dipped the whole... The rubber dip. Yep, the rubber dip. Yep. I use those all the time. I I mean, I use them at work, but I like them so much that I bought myself some off of Amazon just because we go through them so quick. Yep. Uh, so here's one for you. You don't really run these. Uh, I think a trail camera is a pretty good gift. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if they run trail cameras and you know the guy who runs trail cameras, make sure you get the right one uh, that fits in with the system that they use. If you're buying a trail camera for me, for example, that just runs one or two in the yard, you can buy them with a battery and an SD card. So it's ready to put ready out. Ready to go. Yeah, and I, I that's a great way to go. Um, beer call, uh, sorry. Go ahead. What beer? What now? Whiskey, beer, and energy drinks. Yeah. Cannot go wrong. Before, uh, during, or after the hunt. Yep. Hopefully the alcohol stays after the hunt for the most part. Yep. Uh, so calls are tricky. Calls are very tricky. Um, if it's a brand new duck hunter who does not have calls, go get him a Buck Garner Double Nasty. And other than that, an experienced duck hunter doesn't... He's got his calls. He's Yeah. And, and or... The one that he wants is $500. Right. But we're not talking just duck calls. I mean, there's yeah. turkey. There's mouth reads. I can't work a mouth call to save my life. So I have a little pot call and a box call um, for turkeys. But, I mean, there's all sorts of options out there. Yeah. All right. Uh, some things to avoid. Before we do that. Oh, we mentioned socks. I'm a big merino wool guy, but we apparently have a couple guys in our pro staff that run oh, yeah. battery-powered Bluetooth socks. Yes, they can turn their socks on and off with their phone. Yep. Um, and uh, when you're sitting ankle deep in water. And it's 20 degrees outside. Yeah, uh, you're you're not staying warm um, without yeah. either running laps or yeah. uh, something electric. Uh, so things to avoid. Knives. Don't buy us knives. We don't want them. Um, we either Unless we spend, I send you a specific link. Yep. I don't a, want it. A specific knife would be great. Uh, the knife that I want is a hundred bucks. Um, if you want to buy me that, I'll send you a link. Um, otherwise, I have so many cheap knives. I have one in the truck. I have one. I have a couple in my dresser. I have knives everywhere. I don't want them. Um, another thing to find out if you are dead set on getting your sportsman a knife, find out if they have one of the. Um, the replaceable blade knives, but like the Havilon blades. Yeah, blades. Those, those blades are cheap. They're great stocking stuffers, um, and they'll they'll always get used. They're always razor sharp, and those are like the gloves. They're disposable items. So yeah, uh, don't buy the wrong ammo. We already 
kind yeah, of covered don't that. Don't buy the wrong ammo. Uh, don't go to Big Five and just buy the binoculars off the counter. Nope. Your um, sports person will be very particular about his optics as well. So, uh, Generic fishing tackle? Yeah, hard pass. Um, I have a tackle box full of all the stuff that I use, and I have a whole bunch of crap that I don't. Yeah, I have, a, I have another tackle box full of stuff that I don't use. Yep. Um, so here's some more consumable items, uh, hand warmers, foot warmers, uh, lots of them. That's what I was going to say. Um, uh, wipes. Oh, the, the Duke can, I found some Duke cannon, like shower individually wrapped things. Like baby wipes, but for men. Yeah. Uh, baby wipes. Yeah. For getting um, makeup off for yep. your duck makeup. Yep. Um, fireball pocket shots. um if they're really big fans of uh like some of the dehydrated meals some of those um like for me if if i had a pack of a hundred of the the mountain berry peak granola i'd be i'd be set for a while yeah um you put on here a jet boiler a backpacking stove setup um if they don't have one that's a pretty good one yeah um, um, it, with Black Friday and everything going on now, you can get jet boils. I have a jet boil flash that I've had for a decade, if not yeah. more. And it's nice and light and packable, and nothing is better in the duck blind or when you're cold. Yeah, um, a hot cup of coffee. Hot or... coffee. I like to do uh, the bone broth. Oh, yeah. Or if you go back to the last one, you need to be able to heat up those dehydrated meals somehow. Yep. Yep. Okay, so uh, a couple more things that we don't want. These... <laughs> don't worry about this list and how the order it's awful. And I'm sorry. Uh, those little bins down the middle of the aisle at Cabela's and Bass Pro. Yeah. The... We don't want it. Um, and same thing with anything redhead brand. Um, if it sounds like we're shitting on uh, Cabela's, please know that we're not. It's Bass Pro. Yeah. We're shitting on Bass Pro. <laughs> uh, Cabela's was fantastic and they had a lot of gear options uh, from the low end to the high end. And Bass Pro is yeah. Is really sad. Um, so, yeah, the Redhead brand, it's damn near worthless after the first wash. Yep. All right. So, now we have heard from Teddy. We, we were wondering if we were because we sent him a message. So, now we are going to reach out and uh, give Teddy a call to talk about our next thing. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll do that now. We'll do that now. <laughs> All right, we are back. Uh, we now have Teddy joined in on the, uh, we'll call it tel- the telephone, but it's not. We'll, we'll call it from in the field. In the field. Teddy, uh, are you in the field? Uh, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are going to talk a little bit about King of the Reach. Um, and Teddy, do you want to give us a, just a quick overview um, of what the event is and what it's for? Sure. So uh, King of the Reach originated um, several years ago. Um, I think we're in our 14th year. Um, And how it arose is the Washington Hatchery Genetic Management Plan dictated that we need to integrate wild broodstock into our hatcheries. And the reason for that is um, they accepted that hatchery fish stray in the wild and they didn't want to... um, essentially selectively breed fish that survive well in the hatchery, but don't necessarily survive well in the wild. So um, they used to, when the, when this first came out, they used to trap fish at pre-strapid dam. Um, and they used to, uh, and those are, there's actually a spawning population above pre-strapids. Uh, they'd also get a few wild fish voluntarily back into the hatchery trap, but um, they, uh, before my time, um, the local biologist came to uh, CCA and said, hey, do you think we could get people out and actually do a collection because it's really impractical to uh, launch a seining boat or do any other real effective capture methods. Um, so we started this King of the Reach Derby. Uh, our minimum goal is about 500 fish. Um, and they... Um, those go to Priest Rapids Hatchery for part of their seven seven point three million smolt release, uh, 
legal requirement and that's uh mitigation for the hydroelectric power dams that are on the columbia river i see um so this is uh you're you're into the federal level agreements and um the the interesting part is the management group for the hatchery and the hydroelectric operations include washington personnel wdfw personnel people from grant pud um including the there's also a yakima indian nation um alaska fish and game is involved uh so uh, wow. for anyone that didn't know the hatchery or the the hanford reach fish or wild spawning population and, and including that hatchery production, those fish migrate out the Columbia, up the coast of Canada and up into Alaska, and they fuel commercial fisheries and recreational fisheries in Alaska, Canada. And then you're all familiar with the, you know, buoy tent and all the Columbia River fisheries. The, the bulk of those fish really are coming out of the Hanford reach. So it's important for us to um, maintain a, a robust wild population. And then there's also a, a big legal requirement to maintain that hatchery production. Um, we've had a few people say they they wish the hatchery production would kind of ramp down and let the wild fish more just do their thing. But that's a, I'm not going to say that that can't happen, but that's a huge legal hurdle to try and um, try and get that to happen because that's a, a federal agreement and, and also kind of an international agreement too as to how many fish are produced out of there. I see. So what we do is we, we go out and we try and get a, a minimum 500 fish uh, through the King of the Reach Derby. And then we um, catch them, put them into a, an aerated cooler or a live well on the boat. Uh, then at that point, they either get dropped off in a shuttle boat or brought back to shore uh, where we've got tanker trucks waiting and then um get put in a net put in the tanker truck and then trucked up to the hatchery kept in a, a separate tank um so that they can keep track of those those wild fish um and and i should say unclipped fish we collect unclipped fish the pre-strapids hatchery releases aren't a hundred percent clipped um there's some discussion as to what it would take to get those 100% clipped and, and what that would mean for different fisheries. But at this point, uh, I believe it's about 60% clip rate out of the hatchery. So we collect unclipped fish. Um, hold, hold, they'll spawn those out. fish with the hatchery fish. You said 60% clip rate? Yes. Whoa. Um, that's available through DART, uh, the data access real-time something. I can't remember what the T was for. Sure. Um, but it's through University of Washington. Um, and... So, oh yeah. So getting back to that. So they, um, they'll spawn those unclipped fish with hatchery fish so that every fish has one unclipped parent. When they go through after the spawning, they'll sample the otolith bones and the fish raised in the hatchery, they can dictate how that otolith grows. It's kind of like rings on a tree. What is an otolith? Uh, it's a ear bone. It's in the fish's head. Okay. Or for what for what I understand anyway, it's kind of an ear bone, but it's a, a bone in the fish's head, and they'll sample that and look at it under a microscope, and they can determine if it was actually hatchery origin or not. I see. And the goal is that we have seventy percent of the fish released have wild origin parents. So there's some buffer in there accounting for that unclipped fish may or may not be hatchery origin. I see. That makes sense. All right. So you're catching you're catching visibly wild fish that may or may not be wild. Unclipped, yeah. And so then and this is basically to keep the hatchery system from s selecting its own like species of salmon. Yeah, domesticating the the stock. I see. So that the, makes a lot of the sense. purpose of the hatchery is to supplement the wild run. And do um, all of those fish leave um, the that pre-stretch rapids hatchery, or do they get distributed out? So all of the offspring from the king of the rich king of the reach fish are released from pre-stretch hatchery. Okay. Pre-stretch hatchery provides eggs to Ringgold hatchery and a number of other hatcheries as well. Okay. Um, they will also shuttle eggs and smolts back and forth between mid columbia and priest and and they i was actually surprised how much they all get moved around mm -hmm. um but 
the the king of the reach fish only go to priest rapids hatchery released fish i see so all right so let's talk about the fishing gear real quick and the strategy um i just did what T- teddy told me to do that's a good strategy yeah uh teddy what is this your standard your standard rig that you're running or with the with the 360 and um a baited super bait super bait yeah that's what we really did um there's a lot of options up there you can side drift eggs back troll eggs run plugs uh super baits spinners um, we we really kept it simple for the derby for us okay. and just ran the the super baits and flashers which grant has gotten a lot better at good this year yeah he has good a little practice helps yeah <laughs> believe it or not i think got a lot of practice over that weekend too yeah good 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 um and so then you're you said you're live transporting them um and on your boat you had to have a, a cooler i assume that had to be pretty good size um with an aerator is that right well right I'm, and that's yeah. um we actually have we're in my friend jim's boat and he has a um fish box so we were able to fill that with water and put an aerator in it uh, okay. but yeah the requirement is something like 128 quarts aerated and then we we transport the fish in there and um it, it's really worth noting that we've documented mortality even long-term mortality from capture to spawning and i don't think we've ever exceeded five percent that might be wrong but it's pretty close to that that's way less than um I think is assumed with catch and release fisheries. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and this isn't even catch and release. This right. is catch, net, de-hook, live well, transport, truck. You know, there are multiple handlings. That's that's pretty pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. The, um, the transport boat and the transport truck both are piping oxygen and not just aeration, but mm-hmm. they're piping straight oxygen bottles into the water. I see. So it kind of gives the, the fish a little bit of... Yeah, I bet. Yeah, the water's a little spicier for those ones. <laughs> <laughs> but the good kind of spice. Right. Yeah. Um, so you guys, did you camp? Where did you stay? Uh, what was the weather like? Yeah. Um, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about, kind of set the scene for the for the weekend. It was really cold. <laughs> it was so cold. Um, we, were, we were camping uh, at Vernita. Right below the bridge or above the bridge, however you want to call it. Um, and a big group of people. Yeah. Wall tent, RV. Um, I was in the back of my truck because I didn't want to bring a tent. Teddy and his wife were in a wall tent. And Jim, the uh, boat owner, had an RV. So there was a whole different... whole Everybody. Different type of camping for everybody. Cool, cool. And uh, how'd you guys do? Go ahead, Teddy. Oh, well... Captain Jim got us into 10th place for this one, which was really cool. And how many we fish really is that? discussed that there were fewer boats participating, but uh, we've always kind of flirted right on the top 10 line. And so it was kind of cool to actually get 10th this go around. Yeah, that that's uh, impressive. And you caught how many fish? 24. And how many did first place we, get? We turned in 24 turned fish. In 24. Yeah, we turned in 24, sorry. Um, and first place got 71. 71. And there was... 71 individual fishermen on that boat or like what <laughs> what are they doing that's different that's an, i don't know that's, maybe, that's maybe they had their oxygen tank running under the boat no idea yeah so uh, i have the numbers right here in front of me for the top five what in the hell stop it everybody heard that um except maybe for teddy because of the way things work no i heard it okay good um <laughs> it was rob yeah it was uh so first place 71 second place 43 fish uh 42 38 and 35 rounds out the top five so you gotta you gotta be fishing um yeah and you said there was less people this year what's what's going on isn't it usually like a draw to get into the thing or like a race what's yeah we we had participation was down a little bit i think we still had 40 some boats or so a day um there's been a little bit of internet discussion as to what exactly is going on um on the reach and with fishing being as good or not as good 
I see. Um, the easy thing to point fingers at is, well, this derby has been going on for 15 years or 14 years. And well, you know, the, the people that have are really complaining um, have been fishing for maybe 10. And so they're like, well, this must be causing a decline in the fishing in the reach. Um, there's a, a lot of different theories. Uh, when I started in 08, you know, I went out with a guide and we caught two or three fish and came back in. And we're like, man, that was a great day. Um, everybody got spoiled in 2013, 2014 with the boats going to catch 12 fish or 18 fish or just some obscene number of salmon. Yeah. Um, we're kind of settling back into normal and the people that started when it was great um, or, you know, the good old days are, are finding out that, you know, that's what normal is. Um, yeah. That's... We, we had a really great season. I want to say it was 2019 when fishing below McNary was closed or below the 395 bridge was closed. So all the fish in the reach had never seen any gear by the time they got up there. Um, fishing was fantastic. Um, Isn't it funny how people see that and that assume that's yeah. the way it goes? Yeah, they assume that's the and, norm. And another thing going on is um, 10 years ago, the guys down around Portland were fishing wobblers on anchor, which are just basically big spoons and they flutter back and forth and they would sit and have plugs out or wobblers out and... Um, once the fish got above McNary, then we were all running super baits and it was all new gear to them. And, um, it was a whole new group of snappy fish for us. Well, now everyone from buoy 10 all the way up is running super baits and, uh, 360 flashers. And we're having to compete with fish that have seen that gear for 300 miles. Yeah. So fishing hasn't been as great. Um, I should say that, uh, or mention that the derby fishing was fantastic this year. Uh, fewer boats um, fish handling was excellent even the guy that got in first Travis Street uh, I had I knew people fishing around him mm -hmm. and they said he was incredible to watch good uh, all the fish he brought in were in great shape uh, no one was complaining about shenanigans or anything shady the guy fished straight up and just absolutely um, killed as far as collecting fish just had the sauce um, that time how many people were on his boat teddy did you ever find that out there were five total jeez um, everybody's arms and, were and, tired what's that everybody's arms must have been tired yeah just they a workout <laughs> um but i knew guys fishing next to him they said we felt like we were doing and they were actually the guys that got second and third mm -hmm. they said felt like we were doing great we'd bring in one fish and he'd bring in three <sighs> we'd bring in one and he'd bring in two and it was just constant like that all day long. Yeah, I've been next to boats that I feel like I'm doing the same thing as, and I'm clearly you not. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> impressive if you <laughs> caught 42 fish in two and a half days and you're just kind of hanging your head like, man, I don't know what that guy's doing. Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought, too. All, all right. right. I mean, what I was, thr I was thrilled with our age? 24 fish. Yeah, oh, yeah. We it had, was a lot we, of fun. We had some, I mean, some slow times, but there. I think we had a couple of doubles, and I think we even got tripled up at one point. Jeez. We we had a chance at a triple. I don't think we ended up landing it, but we had two fish on and another rod go off. Right. Crazy. So it's by the end of it, like, you know, how when you work with people for X amount of time in a small small quarters like that, everything got really smooth towards the end, oh, which yeah. was nice. Yeah. And you're going to be doing this again next year, I assume, Teddy, like you personally. Oh, C yes. C yeah, C Jim will be back sure. out. Um, Andrea, Andrea might be up in the air. It's getting a little bit tougher with the kids Yeah, uh, leaving them. So we may have a couple more spots on the boat opened up. And uh, you might be able to talk Miranda into coming down next year, too. Sweet. Yeah, that'd be rad. Yeah. I, there's no reason my boat wouldn't work down there, too. Your there's, boat will absolutely fish over your there. Your boat would be great down there. We need to and, do that. And I should just mention, too, the fall season this year was actually – pretty dang good we had a one fish limit and there was some complaints about that because we had one king and one coho limit below us we had two kings above us that were opened up um, and we were stuck with one in the reach and so we're actually talking to the local biologists to see if we have some other options with can we go one unclipped one clipped you know one unclipped and one coho um, just give us a little more options when we're out there but fishing really was pretty good 
Uh, we harvested over 10,000 fish in the reach this year. Um, How's that? And when people start talking derby numbers too, I think we collected just over 800. Uh, the, and we killed over 10,000. Was, was 855. So. so if you're going to point fingers at, you know, what's impacting wild <laughs> spawning population, it, I would I would lend, tend to lean more away from the 800 and more towards the 10,000. Yeah, maybe. I mean, just like everything else, people are getting into it and they're getting better at it. Um, more and more people, I think, are getting into stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Does that? What else do we need to cover on King of the Reach? It sounds like your drink's empty, Teddy. Um, yeah, just finished it off. <laughs> it was my first King of the Reach. It was a great time. Um, one of the coolest parts about it, we'd be sitting around the propane firing because campfires aren't allowed there. Yeah, some, I, I like the propane. For some silly reason. Um, but we heard elk bugling across the river behind us. Neat. It was really cool. They were going for a while, too. Yeah, it's Grant and I could talk about our propane heaters. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's not. That's just a sore subject. <laughs> so I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm shopping for a diesel heater now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it didn't, didn't work out very well. First night, it was great, like it always has been. Um, second night, I couldn't get it lit, and I was just cold. <laughs> just cold. Gross. But my jet boil worked great, making uh, bone broth before bed, so that gave me a little something extra there you go. to stay warm. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Teddy. We're going to um, send you on your way, and we're going to go talk about bullshit ducks. You can go fake, uh, right. fix another yeah, drink. We, are, should we do a teaser for next month? Next month? Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, next month, um, hopefully, well, it, so it'll be the first of the year, January 1st, assuming we can get all the cats herded. The hard part is going to be getting the cats herded, in my opinion. Um, we are going to have all of the out-of-state deer uh, roundup. So, Justin, you, me, is that it? I think that's it. Um, and we'll probably get maybe some other updates from... Um, anybody that we can put on a mic, we've got, um, a party where we're going to have most of us. Um, rumor has it, everybody's going to be there. All, so, all of the pro staff. Yeah. Um, since you guys know everybody, since the listeners know everybody on the pro staff, we could accidentally drop one or two and no one would know, but that's okay. Half of the listeners are the pro staff. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, and so, yeah, so we're going to talk about that, um, Somewhere in there, we're going to have uh, uh, CWD um, testing, spoiler, uh, CWD testing information um, for the Washington resident. Um, I need to put in a call to Fish and Wildlife before we do that. But that that's the kind of thing that's coming up next week. And uh, that I mean, that's our holiday party uh, that we'll put out after the holidays. Bummer. Yes. Well, you want to listen in. Some of us are eating soup. Some are eating snack sticks, and some are somewhere in between. There you go. Yeah. All righty. Uh, thank you, Teddy. We will uh, catch you on the next one. All right. Sounds good. All right. Good. Good chat with Teddy. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, now let's talk about bullshit ducks. The, the height of bullshit. It's been a rough season. Why? Um, it's been too nice in my. Yeah. Based on, you know, everything that I've seen and read, it's pretty much just been too nice. Yeah, a lot of resident ducks. Um, and so there's not a whole lot moving down from the south because... Down from the north. Moving down south from the north. Yeah, that. Um, man, this half a beer must be hitting me hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not even a full strength bush. No, it's not. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, so there's not a whole lot of ducks moving south. Uh, yet, yet, because frankly, they don't need to No, the, like ducks are not as migratory by the sun, right? They're pushed down because they can't find water and they can't find food because it gets frozen and covered. And so, um, and some of them are migratory by the, the seasons in the sun that like, that's totally true. But largely the ducks that we hunt are really pushed down South by, the weather and so we have been hunting what's left after the guys who are good at duck hunting um have been have been hunting uh we're we're hunting what's left of the resident ducks mm -hmm. and um there's not many of them no they're i mean and they're all sitting on private land 
sanctuaries. They're not hitting the public land hunting opportunities or the well, PLHOs. They, they're sick of getting shot at, so they don't go there anymore. Exactly. We need the dumb ducks back. Yep. We need the ones who haven't been living in this area to show up so that we can hunt them. Um, but I have gone out twice. I've gone out twice with Ron. Okay. Um, and um, have you been out? I have been out two or three times. Two or three times. So you say you haven't done anything. You've been out as much as I have. I've only shot one duck. I have shot zero. So I have shot at two ducks. I've shot at two ducks. Oh, Jesus. Not a very big year. So uh, I'm going to give you the roundup and you can tell me what you guys, what you've been up to. Okay, go ahead. Uh, here's the roundup of my two trips with Ron. The first one, we went to uh, a tidal area um, and did a kayak hunt. And that was less of a hunt and more of an adventure. <laughs> um, but like in- intentionally, we did that on purpose. Um, it was more of an exploratory thing, right? Yeah, we went out to check out what it was like to hunt this area. And um, it would have been awesome if I hadn't tipped the damn kayak over. How soon into your adventure did that happen, Jeff? <sighs> really soon. Um, so we went out <laughs> on a super low tide and we got basically set up and then somebody set up. 300 yards to the right and 200 yards to the left. And uh, those guys really liked sky bust. And so believe it or not, we didn't get a whole lot of shooting done. Um, Weird. Yeah. And then the tide, we were kind of looking at the tide chart and thinking, man, we really should, we really should be seeing water move by now. Uh, And in front of us that hadn't changed. And we looked behind us and it was running like, like a river and uh like we had not been we'd been sitting on a pond that was up above the level oh okay so you paddled out there and then got out of the kayaks yeah and so um that was a whole thing and we're like oh let's just uh let's just get packed up and because the water will be here soon and we started to look around and by the time we got packed up our kayaks were in a foot of water were you when you paddled back to the trucks, were you paddling with or against the current? It was pretty still. We kind of went uh, back okay. at like slack tide, so it wasn't. Well, it wasn't a big. That's deal. okay. That's good then. Yeah, and it great place to explore with the kayaks. Uh, I highly recommend it. A um, lot of ducks moving, but we weren't able to connect. Just um, because the sky busting and yeah, if it wasn't for those, if those guys would have just let ducks work and come into decoys. We could have all shot ducks instead of them just shooting at ducks. <laughs> Maybe they just wanted to break in their shotguns. God, I guess. Well, they sure did. Um, all right, so that was that. Um, the other one, we went to uh, a lake that we have all hunted. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we took Ron's pontoon blind and my boat. Oh, okay. Um, and we had too big of a footprint. I think Ron and I were hidden pretty well, but our boats weren't. And weren't you just, in the boats? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that was the problem. Um, if we'd have hid the boats and stood next to the water uh, in the grasses, we'd have done a lot better. And the other thing, um, some some things that I've noticed, the larger groups of ducks, you need to call more. Um, so if you have a lot of decoys out, a, lo- a lot of ducks will sit there and talk a lot. A few ducks will sit there and not talk a lot. And so... What we did wrong was we had a large group of decoys out, and we were not talking at all. Hardly any calling. Hardly any calling. And so, also, you got, you got to match the hatch, and we didn't do that. And so we had 30 freaking decoys out for onesie-twosie ducks. Onesie-twosie resident ducks. Right. And that just was wrong. And we should have saw that, that there were groups of onesie-twosie ducks around and pulled most of our decoys back if we'd have pulled most of our decoys back and hidden better i don't know that we would have shot limits but we definitely would have shot ducks interesting um and so that that's it that's that's my roundup for duck hunting this year um so far i've done two trips two real trips i've spent some time driving around but right um i've been out twice with ron as well once to the same 
like that you were just mentioning. Yeah. Um, but Ron's really good at uh, engineering things. So he has two of those floating pontoon boats. Oh, yeah. Um, that are powered by little electric trolling motors and um, they're po- cool pop-up shit. blinds. They're great. And um, we shot at ducks that day. Yeah. Uh, I believe Ron came home with a coot. Just because... Yeah. Just for spite. When they explode off the water, there's, you know, 30 of them, and it scares the crap out of you if you don't know that they're there. <laughs> so he got one of those for spite. Um, and then there were just, once again, there weren't ducks working. Um, and then another morning, we went to a PLHO. Yeah. Got there super early. And, you know, we're waiting to go out and set our, everything up. And we have trucks that are coming in and, like, trying to park with us. And it's like, this is a, the partic- this particular one allowed for two vehicles. There's yeah. one blind. And it's like, you guys, you snooze, you lose, man. Like, <laughs> sorry, we got up super early and came out and sat here, but what are you going to do? And that's when he brought, um, for lack of a better term, a little duck hunting apprentice. One of his oh, yeah. wife's his friends, you know, sons is getting into duck hunting. So he came out with us and he got his first duck, which is great. Yeah. But the, these ducks were coming in fast to our spread and like one at a time. Mm, they're coming in dirty and hot and just... so quick and they're not coming into land they're coming in like to check it out real quick oh okay and so that's i i shot a little teal and he got i think a Susie mallard okay um but that it was good um good practice for him good experience sitting in the you know it's raining sideways and so gross um, you took your son that day too right well, i didn't take him i had my wife bring oh, him so he I, got delivered. I didn't have to deal with a teenage boy at one in the morning. One in the morning, yeah. So, um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, one thing that I've been noticing, and this might be a appropriate for a gear discussion, but um, mm. with the weather being so nice, even though it was raining sideways, it was still mid-50s. Oh, yeah. And slogging out there across a big muddy field, carrying a jet sled full of decoys, neoprene waders get hot. Yeah, they do. They get miserably hot. Go on. What? You you got... What you got? Well, I haven't hunted with them yet, but... <sighs> did you bring them? On my motorcycle? No. That's not what I asked. I did not bring them for you. Okay. Uh, but I recently picked up some um, breathable waders from Drake um, to try them out, see if I like them yeah. kind of thing. And they fit, even though they're a they 14. They fit, even though they're a 14, and they're snug around the ankle, which is kind of what drives me nuts about my waders now is even though they're 15s, mm-hmm. um, if you're getting stuck in the mud or whatever, or there's any resistance, your ankle's moving around a bunch. Yeah. So, fingers crossed for these ones to be... Be worth hunting. Be worth everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm i still rocking my decade-old Cabela's gear because it's hard to replace it. Right. Um, when it still works, but... Man, it gets hot. It gets when you're hot. Um, and then what happens is you get hot, and then you sweat, and then even though it's, even though it's warm, you're cold, because the water builds up and your sweat builds up right inside and, your waders. And then you just sit there. Yeah, and so, um, like I have, I've done things like not wear my long johns, out, which is then, a bad call. Well, and then put them on later. Yeah. Um, I have uh, walked out in a t-shirt with my long johns on, but then a t-shirt, um, and then put everything on, uh, you, that management of heat and that sweat, because duck hunting is a is a sitting game, and you have to be dressed for sitting, uh, which is very, very different clothing than... Dragging 60 like, pounds of decoys and yeah. stuff out there with you, yeah. yeah so... Um, all right, you want to talk about gear? Um, Since we're talking about gear, sure. What kind of gear do you want to talk about? I like have, gear. Do you have uh, what's your new uh, gear obsession other than the waiters? Other than the waiters, I just picked up some of the Northern Flight um, Canada Goose silhouettes. Oh, really? That I was going to give out a whirl today, but instead I slept in. And you didn't bring those for me either. Nope. I have a, I have a little goose have a goose shenanigan i want to get myself into <laughs> um, i think it's going to go poorly but i there's not a whole lot of investment into it which, well that's nice so um but I'm, I'm going to give that a try i've got almost a dozen which is not enough um 
in an area where swans and geese are near. And so I don't see why it's a bad idea. Um, I'm going to give it a try. Well, these, I know Ronathan just got a, a dozen of these silhouette decoys. Um, they were on, I don't know if they were on sale, but they were 80 bucks for a dozen of Cabela's. So and they're nice. They're the Northern Flight, which is a pretty. Yeah, pretty they're decent, Northern Flight. And, but it's a Cabela's uh, brand. Yeah, it's a Cabela's, not a Bass Pro yeah. brand. Um, and I had recognition points through work, so I figured might as well get them. Oh, and I bought a layout blind that I also haven't used yet. You got to get hunting, man. I know. I, I don't, say that, but you've been out as much as I have. So. I don't want to be the guy that's uh, stuck and needing search and rescue if I fall out of my kayak by myself. So Yeah, that, those solo like deep adventure hunts are like that's a bit much yeah luckily the place that i'm interested in going is very close to my house so if i can figure out a way to do it and not end up on the news i think i'll really be into it yeah and then um do you have any gear to talk about because i have upcoming excitement to talk about so oh uh, i really don't i haven't been buying much things have been working um the sled Continues to be fantastic. It's the perfect thing. Um, uh, you know, I will say I have been needing this for my little boat. I bought a trolling motor and I finally have run it a couple of times. And oh my God, I don't know how I ever thought I was doing anything rowing that thing around. Yeah, it's way better to have horsepowers behind <sighs> you. Well, it's not even like horsepower. There's not much to it, but it's enough. It's enough to move the boat and yep. not have to row. Yeah. So go ahead. Tell me oh, all about your excitement. My excitement. Um, my brother-in-law called me a couple of months ago and said, I want to go duck hunting. And I said, oh, yeah. well, I bet you do. Uh, he, for the record, lives in Southern California and has never been duck hunting before. And I said, I'll look into it because I know how difficult public land can be to access around us. Oh, yeah. Um, and I found a guide that operates out of Stanwood. I think he has six or seven fields, um, private lease fields with blinds so we know that they're not overpressured. Yep. Um, reasonable rates considering that we can just stay at my house instead of driving over to Moses Lake. That's worth a lot. Right. So it's we're saving time, saving, you know, fuel, Airbnbs, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I pick him up on Friday. This Friday. This Friday. And we're gonna go try and hunt up in Skagit. And then our guided hunt will be on Saturday. Nice. And he's done all the hunter safety and all He's the... done all the hunter safety. Uh, he bought some waders. He's going to borrow my shotgun. Okay. Um, and hopefully we have a great experience. My little brother that lives in Bellingham is going to come down, and then our friend Norm's going to come up. Nice. That... Do you need to borrow some gear? I might. Okay. I know Ryan's got most of it, but I might. Okay. Um, and then the guide that we're using... If he's any good, I'll shout him out at the next one. Uh, um, invited my son along for, for free because he's all about getting the youth hunters out there. And I told him about our experience. Oh, last year. At our goose hunt in Moses Lake and how awful that was. And so yeah. he said, I'm sorry to hear that. Bring your son with us. I love want, getting the kids out. Do you want to take Ayana? Maybe. She's uh, got the field trial next week, so I'll let you. I'll let you know how that goes. Okay. But uh, I'm gonna have to get her out this year. Oh yeah, for sure. Her. Uh, she came up to me and was like, "Dad, my friend got a deer," and she showed me a picture, and I'm like, "Awesome!" <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, where is she hunting?" Because there was clearly a rifle in the picture. Rifle season at the time was closed. I'm like, "Where is she hunting?" Oh, North Carolina. Oh. So, yeah, but I'm like, cool. So she went uh, She went over there. Um, my daughter's friend went uh, to North Carolina. And my daughter's friend, shout out, uh, she's the one who got Iona into the idea of actually doing hunter safety. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I need to get her and her dad out sometime. Is her dad being you? No. Oh, you're not talking about The friend. Okay, got it. The got friend it, got it, got it, got and the friend's okay. dad. Um, who's, uh, I met him once. He's seems to be as much of a, like dork as the rest of us. As so he should staffer. fit in. Perfect. Um, yeah. So, um, I don't know. We'll do that. But, uh, man, that, that sounds fun. Uh, if we remember all, we need to get, 
I need to get you some gear. Too bad you brought your motorcycle. Yeah. Um, I have but, a bunch of cords, though. Okay. Uh, we might just wrap you up some. You should That's You fine. should text before, well, as soon as we hit. I will. Um, so, what else do we have to talk about? Is that That's pretty much it for the... Um, I am seeing on my little Facebook groups that the lakes are starting to freeze, which is exciting. Oh, I know. I found all my uh, ice fishing stuff in my decoy storage. <laughs> Got, that's where it was. Um, and when I went out to get my decoys, and uh, I have been seeing that too. I saw people are getting out on ice. Yep. Not just that they're seeing ice, but that they're out and they're like, we fully acknowledge this is sketchy freaking fishing, but we're doing it. But it's fishing. Um, yeah, that's exciting. So that's what I'm, I'm look, really looking forward to that. I broke the news to our mutual friend Tiernan last night that I will not be participating in Cola Warriors this year. Oh. So I can be burning my time ice fishing. Ice so. fishing. Yeah, we're, I think we're going to have to do um, – I'm talking to the boss lady about January pulling the trailer over to Wenatchee um, because – Seeing what you can find over there. Seeing what we can find. Like, I mean, Fish Lake. Right. Um, but if we, if we pull the trailer over there, we can make a weekend out of it. Yeah. So – And wh- whoever gets cranky can go inside. Uh, no, because that's not, we wouldn't take it up to the lake, I don't think. Oh. I don't know. Maybe we would. Maybe you would. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, so, I think that's pretty much it for the Yeah, I think podcast. so. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, it's been great. We're, this is like the second, this is the end of the second year. Yeah. Going into year three. Um, it'd be nice if we could see some podcast um share this podcast growth we have instagram and youtube growth everybody share this with your friends uh consider it your christmas present to us um unless you're my wife you have to give me something uh, but, but we have a list for her to shop off of yeah so. yep and we have gift ideas up front uh yeah share this with your friends uh we'd really appreciate it yeah the uh, and, uh hopefully if we can herd the cats the january 1st one that'll drop will have three out-of-state hunting stories and my report of a guide guided hunt in western washington for yeah. waterfowl which i know is not that popular of a thing so i think what we're gonna do is we're just gonna put uh don't tell anybody this uh we're gonna put beers in the cup holders in my truck and just set up um we're gonna make teddy bring his mic and we're just gonna set up four four mics in the truck and because uh, i think that's the best recording studio yeah uh, away from everybody else and outside of everybody else's business so uh should be good um look for the next one cool all right all right Bye, Mom. Bye, Jessica. Bye, Mom. Bye, Jill. Bye, Gemma.